Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to episode, uh, I think it's 201 of yeah. Internet Marketing, uh, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.co.uk, brackets, but .com will work too, yeah. brackets. Yeah. Um, it's another questions and answers, I have numerous sheets of paper in my hand, so please um, uh, ignore any papery noises. So let's go straight down to the first one, this is a very short one. We need one. to put in like some paper sound effects, Andy, because you like, always like say this, this like so this. it's like, can we like, I, I'm... okay, let's have a yeah. look, see if I can find a no, paper I'll... sound <laughs> Kelvin's now surging for Okay, ask me effects. the first question. The question is, good afternoon. This is from, um, from, from Daniel Shaw. Yep. He writes, good afternoon, guys. Please, can someone explain to me how to have subcategories appear under your site address when you appear in Google? Haven't we done this one before? Or is this subtly different? Oh, sorry. That's Kelvin doing paper sound effects. Okay, Kelvin, if you just yep. want to answer the question. Okay, sorry. Answer. Yeah, um, so in terms of what... what you can stop it. Stop the loop now, <laughs> Kelvin. Please. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, no. Okay. No. So basically, the question was, um, what can you um, do to influence those um, links that appear underneath you? Um, and I'm going to talk about first of all it in paid search, and then I'll talk about it in natural search, which I think was kind of what the question um, was referring to. Um, so, in terms of for natural search, it's Google kind of trying to um, guess what are the most important pages of your site. Now, it's first important to kind of understand what triggers. Um, those site links in the first place and you will only get them to appear um, if um, you are getting a higher than average click-through rate that's kind of essentially what determines whether you get site links or not as these are known now well there's sort of two elements to it actually one is the kind of if so many of your pages would rank for that term all of the top 10 would be yourself right that's you know was one instance but also it's kind of triggered quite often mostly on branded terms where actually the result that would come in in position two gets such a low click-through rate relative to what's in position one um, that, you know, that's why they would, you know, why, why it would appear there because it's Google trying to make the site more useful. Now, in paid search, you have the ability to turn these on. And again, it's triggered by, um, you know, if you've got lots of click-through rate. And that's really, really useful, right? Because um, what that allows you to do is um, potentially have five different, because you get, the one main link in a paid search advert and you get the four sort of site links below that. Now, what that allows you to do is potentially take different um, calls to action that you might have that otherwise you'd have to do on the landing page. So to say, for example, um, I won't go into all the details, but a client of ours um, kind of does stocks and shares 
Um, and they've essentially got like two main things that people would do when they go through on a search query. They can either sign up for a paid for account or they can sign up for a practice trial account. Um, now, that's always kind of a bit tricky, right? Because if you put the search term in that they're targeting and then someone comes through, you don't know whether they want to do a practice account or whether they want to do a paid for account. So you have to do a landing page that kind of does both those things at the same time, which isn't really ideal. So using pay-per-click site links, what they can do is go... Okay, well, we'll have the main one, which maybe take it to a generic landing page, and we can have one of those site links which talks about the practice account, one which talks about, um, you know, a straightforward I'm ready to go account, and then they can use the other two to kind of emphasize other things that might be seasonal campaigns. Mm. So they might, um, you know, I think, say they've got kind of a, an ebook they want people to download, you could put that in as one of those site links, or maybe it's a, a particular feature that's why you're better than other alternative services. They can do that as well and, and draw attention to that. And those within paid search are entirely under your control. You decide what, um, you don't decide if they appear, but you decide what appears, right? So you can say, I want this one, I don't want this one, and so on and so forth. However, the natural search ones, you don't have the same level of control. You can, using Webmaster Tools, block certain pages appearing. So say, for example, your privacy page is appearing or an individual product that you don't really want people to kind of click through when they search for your brand name, you can do that. But what you can't do is um, you can't decide what appears. You've only got kind of a veto effect. Um, But in terms of you can understand um, how um, people, how Google decide what appears, right? And the way that they decide what appears is based upon what um, you are sending the signals to Google as the most important pages of your site. So potentially, um, a good way of looking at this is if you go to Google, um, you type in site, S-I-T-E, colon, um, and then your domain. That essentially tells you which pages of your site um, Google think are the best in kind of a rough order of sequence. Now, if one of those pages you would like to appear in the Google site links but doesn't currently, um, you can look at where it appears kind of on that search ranking. Um, And if it's like position 10, you kind of go, okay, well, what can I do to make this better? You know, more like to appear. And that's kind of more internal links, right? So you link to that page internally, potentially more some more external links. Um, but also kind of, it's a lot to do with navigation. So it's how prominent that link is in your navigation. So can you rearrange your top nav to make that um, work a little bit better? Okay, well, hopefully that is helpful, Daniel Shaw. Moving on to the next one as he shuffles more paper. This is a long one, so bear with me. I might have to take several breaths. Right, this is from uh, from Ben, um, who yeah, I'm not quite sure where, where he is. I think it's somewhere in the UK. What's that strange noise? Is it Jingle Bells? Sorry, Kelvin's playing with his sound effect loops again. Sorry. Okay. Right. Hi, Kelvin, um, um, says Ben. Um, thank you very much for everything you do um, on the Internet Marketing Podcast. Love it. Um, I'm emailing to see if uh, you can give me some advice about my own online presence. I'm a professional table tennis coach yes. from London. I was from London. And quite new to the online business, etc. I started following Pat Flynn mm-hmm. and was inspired to start my own table tennis blog slash podcast slash YouTube channel and try to make a living online from my profession. Ah, excellent. Those are my words. Um, I chose the name Ping Coach as my branding. Mm-hmm. My blog is up at www.pingcoach.com, and I really like the name. It is a good name, actually. Those are my words again. Mm-hmm. I think it's snappy and easy to remember and had quite a good brand appeal. However, since learning more about SEO and the like, I realized that um, if I'm trying to rank for the term table tennis, it would probably be really important to have that in the URL. Um, that has left me with the following options, and I'm not quite sure what to do. Number one, continue with pingcoach.com. 
uh, but still try and push towards the table tennis keyword. Mm. I've put it at the start of my headline, just hope that eventually I get listed for it, despite mm. it not being in my URL. Uh, number two, try incorporating ping coach table tennis. Maybe pctabletennis.com or pingcoachtabletennis.com. Mm. I feel like these don't really have the snappy ring of pingcoach.com, but might help me in the search engines. And three, have a complete rebrand. Change it completely to something like smarttabletennis.com, brackets. Obviously, I wouldn't nick smart from Pat, but you know what I mean, yeah. brackets. Uh, this might give me a better chance of getting noticed in Google. Um, I've only been up and running for about a month, so I feel like it would be okay to have a complete rebrand if it puts me in a better position. I really don't know what to do. Um, um, I want to make sure I get the best chance possible and don't want something like a poor brand name chosen when I was starting out, holding me back from doing well in the future. Please help me. Yeah, no, really interesting question. Um, And one that probably my answer to now is different to what it perhaps would have been 12 months ago. Um, So I'm going to set the scene a little bit there. So I'm going to kind of introduce this idea that some of you might have heard of, which is kind of the idea of exact match domains, which is sometimes kind of referred to in the SEO community as EMDs because everyone loves a TLA or a three-letter acronym. Um, But essentially, exact match domains is the ability that if you're targeting a certain keyword, um, if you're able to buy exactly that key phrase um, as a domain name, so say you're going after table tennis coaching and you can buy tabletenniscoaching.com, ideally with um, no hyphens and, you know, just exactly that, and ideally the .com rather than like a .biz or if you're in the UK, a .co.uk would be all right, but perhaps not a .info. Um, and historically, these sites have been much easier from an SEO perspective um, to get them to rank for those key phrases. Now, that's the reasons for that are twofold. One is because it then becomes difficult for Google to determine if that's a branded search or a generic search, right? So how Google don't know that um, table tennis coaching um, is a generic term as opposed to something like, I don't know, um, John Smith's coaching, Right, say so you were a company called John Smith's Coaching. They can't tell the difference that one is, or you know, they don't implicitly have the ability to tell the difference between the two. They might be able to tell because the patterns of searching is different from one to the other, but they don't know. Um, and also, it's useful as well because um, potentially it makes it easy to get good anchor text links. Right, so if you're listed in a directory as you know table co- um, coaching dot com. Um, that's going to be in the anchor text that links back to you, right? So that's really helpful as well. So you've got these two of the main signals that Google look at in terms of, you know, does this page exactly answer that query? Well, it's the name of the domain. It should do. And it's also saying, okay, well, what links are people building to it and what words are they using to describe the site? And that's also a direct match. That, you know, really, really strong signal. So that's the logic behind going for a keyword-rich domain. Um, However, more recently, over the last six months or so, Google have... People talk about kind of an exact match penalty. That's not what's happened, right? The way I kind of imagine the Google algorithm, and this is not how it works, but this is what a visual tool I use to think about how it works and explain it to people, is it's almost like a great big studio mixing desk, right? And every factor has a fader on it, right? And the strong, you know, the higher up that fader is, the stronger that signal is in terms of helping Google understand what should rank. Now, what I believe has happened and the way that I think it works for exact match domains is in the past that was probably a very kind of it was too high right essentially it was like well if it's in the domain name it is a brand so therefore it should outrank other websites even if the other signals are saying that it shouldn't and effectively all that Google have done is turn that down to kind of reflect the fact Mm. that what people were doing was going out and buying hundreds of thousands of domains 
bunging up in some cases not too great sites just to try and target those key phrases so all they've done is turn that down a bit now that's not a penalty right that isn't a kind of it doesn't prevent you from ranking from those terms it just means you have to compete on a slightly more level playing field than you would have done previously now for a lot of people this is good news right because there were people who were ranking who had not too great sites but just had happened to buy the right domain early on in the world of internet marketing um so that's changed, which means that the justification for choosing a keyword-rich domain has kind of decreased over a period of time. Because if you're not getting that advantage, the logic for doing that, the you know, the compulsion that you might have goes down. And plus, it's generally much easier if what you're trying to do is a kind of a more all-round digital marketing you know, program where you want to talk, you want to use Twitter, you want to do a podcast, you want to do these things actually what's really important is having a brand a brand that you can understand it's really difficult to brand yourself as tabletenniscoaching.com or at least potentially harder than it would be in a name like Pincoach right because you you can see the kind of visual interpretation of that that works well as a Twitter username do you know what I mean and quite often actually what you'll find is if you're going after an exact match domain it might end up being longer than a Twitter username could be so you then end up having to have some kind of shortened version of your name for your Twitter username so therefore you lose a bit of the consistency across them there and it's just kind of generally speaking anything that's more memorable is a good place to be so whereas in the past I'd say think about your keywords it might be worth going keyword rich in most cases now I go Think about how easy it is going to be to brand that business name. And if you can do good branding, you can get the rest of your on-site SEO right and you should be able to target those terms. Good stuff. So hopefully that is useful, Ben, and that did indeed help. So moving on to the final one. This is from Annie. It's A-N-N-E-E. Yes. Annie, who I presume is a lady. I'm not sure where she's from. But that doesn't matter right now. She writes, Kelvin, um, hope you don't mind a total stranger emailing you like this. Well, I think you'll find, Annie, that most of them are total strangers. Um, I'm a big fan of our, of your podcast and have just finished catching up on about the last 10 episodes. Brackets, been slightly disorganised slash busy at work recently. Brackets. Um, I have a really quick question regards the page SEO. It's embarrassingly simple too. Basically... I wanted to ask you, should I stretch on my new website URLs like this? Here we go. www.domain.com slash nursing-jobs-temporary. And then the other line, she's got www.domain.com slash nursing-jobs-permanent. Mm-hmm. Or like this. And the first line is www.domain.com slash temporary-nursing-jobs. And then the other line is www.domain.com slash permanent-nursing-jobs. Difficult to say quickly that, but never mind. Or, doesn't it matter too much, Annie? Yeah, so essentially what Annie's trying to do there, and this is a kind of real good fundamental on-site SEO, which is that um, you want to try and get your keywords that you're targeting into the URL of your site, so into the page names. So this is different from what I was talking about in the previous question, which was on the domain. But So once you've got kind of, to go back to the previous example, pincoach.com, and you've got the individual pages that come after that. So again, it's a similar kind of question. Um, now, it's good, first up, thinking about um, what your URL structure is and how, to what extent that reflects what users are searching for is a good place to be, and you're already in a strong starting point. And both of those two options that you talked about are much better options than sometimes the content management system's default options that might have a query string or 782521 mm. or something like that. Um, so you're much better getting that type of one already. So if you've got a website anyone else listening who doesn't have 
URLs like that, they're usable, um, try and change it to that type of system. Now, when that's brilliant. Most people go, that's the general SEO advice is get your keywords in your domain, sorry, in your um, page titles and in your, your internal URLs. What The question is then, well, what do you do next, right? Um, and how do you decide between different options? Now, simply put, it's kind of going to be, you want to kind of keep it systematic, right? So the pattern, the logic is systematic. So you either put it at the beginning or you put it at the end as you were talking about the two options there. And how would I decide? Well, I'd make a kind of fairly simple decision based on search volume or at least based on um, search potential. So I'd go into the Google AdWords keyword tool and look at which of those two orders, put it on exact, so select exact, not broad or phrase, put exact and see which of those two variations um, or you know four variations, which are the most popular options mm. there, and then determine off the back of that. Now, one caveat on that is you can do that and one might be more popular. You might want to make an assessment about which is the, le- you know, how competitive they are because sometimes actually what you, you will do use you'll do keyword research you'll find out one version is hugely popular but you'll also find out it's hugely competitive and sometimes it's about actually picking your battles and not just all concentrating on those top two or three phrases sometimes it's better to kind of concentrate on some of the ones that are slightly less um you know the volume's less they're less lucrative from that perspective but there's a greater likelihood of you achieving something quicker and you've kind of got to weigh that up so how do you decide? You look at the competitiveness um, and you look at the volume, decide which is best, then apply that as a general rule across the site. But, Annie, you're already thinking about the right sort of things and both are good solutions, but one might be marginally better than the other. Well done, Annie. Well, that wraps it for today, doesn't it, Kelvin? Yeah. And on the next episode, we have an exciting interview lined up from the guys from Kenshu. Is that the yes. name of the company? Yes. yes. Should be good. Okay, well, thanks for listening. If you want to check out the website, it's www.sitevisibility.co.uk slash podcast. Yes. And do keep the questions coming. If you want to send an email, kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.co.uk or the telephone number if you're outside the UK, plus 44. If you're inside the UK, 01273 and uh, please, uh, you know, leave an audio message. It will get played. And also, uh, please leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. We will read them out. out I, I, I sounded Irish then, didn't I? <laughs> we, will, we will read them out. And uh, we have read some quite amusing ones out. Don't make them amusing on purpose. And uh, we will read them out, even if you call us camp. I don't, I don't know why you call us camp. But mind. <laughs> See you next time. That's what's getting us a reputation of being camp. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.